Let's turn in our Bibles for our study to Matthew chapter 27, please. I think this is about the third time we've been through Matthew in the 40 years we've been here. At night time, I don't know that it's been done in the morning, but portions of it. It might seem to be slow, it might be years getting through it, but there is so much. We did John before we did Matthew. And so we've been in John and Matthew for how, I don't know how long. I could look back and find, but enjoying the content and the, the thoughts that are in here that come, come out. As at 3.20 this morning, I woke and um, I don't know if I was dreaming. You know, dreams come from a multitude of business. That's what the Bible says. And you're in the Bible studying it. And, uh, I don't know if I was dreaming or where I was awake. <laughs> like Paul, whether I was dead or alive, I don't know. But... It, um, there were thoughts come, and so I got up and added a whole other page, but we probably won't cover that tonight. Just going through Matthew Bang like that, quickly summarising the thought of kingship and the idea of the Lord Jesus being the king, and which we'll centre in on tonight, but more so through the scriptures. And we Matthew 27. And we're at 33. And when they were come unto the place called Golgotha, that is to say a place of a skull, they gave him vinegar to drink, mingled with gall. And when he had tasted it, he would not drink. And they crucified him. And they parted his garments, casting lots, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet. They parted my garments among them. And upon my vesture they did cast lots. And sitting down, they watched him there. And they set up over his head his accusation, written, This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. We'll stop there. Let's pray. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for this wonderful record. A, a horrible record, but a wonderful record for those of us who are saved. Because without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins and we'd all be lost if Jesus Christ didn't die and shed his blood for our sins. Thank you for that. And I pray, Lord, that we grow to appreciate that in our lives and, and love you more for what you have done on our behalf. That we couldn't do. Impossible for us to be saved by ourselves. Bless the word to our hearts tonight, to each one that's listening in. For we ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> Last week we considered the cups, or the cup of the cross, the cup of salvation, the cup of suffering, the cup of salvation, three cups we looked at last week. And so that came from the thoughts of verse 34. They gave him vinegar to drink mingled with gall. When he had tasted it, he would not drink. Why wouldn't, why, why didn't the Lord drink? of that intoxicating beverage so that his right mind, sound mind and wasn't killing the pain he was suffering for us and um, he went through that and bare our sins in his own body on the tree it tells us in scripture um, <clears throat> so we saw the cup the, the, we've seen the carrier of the cross um, that 
I think that's been corrected. It was the corner of the cross last week, but it's the carrier of the cross, Simon of Cyrene, and who he was and where he fits in and, and how they grew in the Lord, become Christians. We've seen the cup of the cross and uh, the crucifixion on the cross now in verse 35. And they crucified him and parted his garments, casting locks that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet. They parted my garments among them. And upon my vesture they did cast lots. The crucifixion, the cruelest of deaths. Most times the upright beam was put in, planted firmly in the ground. The victim was laid, well, forced down on the horizontal beam. Arms were tied and then nailed, sometimes not nailed, I mean not tied, but nailed to the beam. Then they hoisted that beam with the person on it up and tied it to the upright pole. And knowing soldiers, they wouldn't have been gentle about it either. And when they put the victim with the pole, his arms outstretched and hauled that up, they would then nail through his feet to the pole. And all the suffering, the physical pain, the Lord was bearing more than the physical pain on the cross. <clears throat> he did this for who? If I was the only sinner, who would have he done it for? Me. You. And that's his love for us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And the victim was left to die, not from the loss of blood, from, but from exhaustion. It was the most painful death and slow death that fallen humanity engineered, satanically inspired, that could make the process last for several days. It was a cruel death. The agonies endured by the victim from cramping, thirst, wounded hands and feet that you're putting pressure on all the time to stay alive, trying to breathe. The swollen arteries and all these things that defy description and we wouldn't want to be one of those. Fancy dying as an unsaved person in a place like that. Your anger would be there. You would be like the, like the other thief that didn't repent. Every, the physical pain, spiritual pain, everything that happened. But the Lord was dying for us. He was bearing our sin then, plus the physical pain. Someone wrote it like this, a little poem. For such a cruel death he died, he was cast out and crucified. Those loving hands that did such good, they nailed them to a cross, a cross of wood. The crucifixion. And we'll be going through more details of that as we move through. Verse 35 again, the clothing below the cross. So we see the carrier of the cross, the cup of the cross, the suffering of the cross on the cross and the clothing below the cross. And the last part of verse 35, <clears throat> they parted his garments and casting lots that it might be fulfilled, which is spoken by the prophet. These depraved soldiers were fulfilling the scriptures that they knew nothing about. <laughs> this had already been written in Psalm 22 and verse 18. They parted his garments. 
In Psalm 22 and verse 16, in Zechariah 12:10, they pierced his hands and his feet. And crucifixion was not invented at the time those prophecies were written of how he would die. And that's why we know those, that psalm is definitely a messianic psalm. And they pierced his side. In um, John 19:34, it is said that to, to make sure that he was dead. They marveled that he was so soon dead. Usually it went on for some time. As we said, it could go on for two days. And the Roman soldiers fought usually at, on these occasions. Now their law said they could take the clothing as loot. The Lord's sandals, girdle, the outer robe and the headdress were divided among them. The inner seamless robe was cast lots for and that's what was said would happen. And it happened. How callous can people be to be a soldier in a situation like that? Have you ever been offered a dead man's clothes? The sort of, mm, um, I don't know. <laughs> it's sort of a iffy thing, but these soldiers were, yeah, that, we want it. And so they cast lots for it. They're all in it together. So we see the clothing below the cross, the vesture, and there's things we could speak of there, but we're aiming at the next one, the citation above the cross in verse 37. Well, verse 36, they're sitting down, they watched him there. How th These people in old times just enjoyed gross things. And they had the arenas where they'd cast Christians into lions and beasts and just cheer on when the fight started and the, the, the person died I think our sports are heading that way you know in our country and so you know big cheer from when there's a big big belt up or something like that a fight and um, they're just they're, they're crying out for blood and these these were terrible times and they could just sit and look and care less about the suffering person have no compassion whatever or the individuals, or the individual here, the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, little did they know that he was dying for the sins of the world of all the people that ever live and paid the ultimate price. <clears throat> then verse 37, we see the citation above the cross, and set up over his head his accusation written. This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. So that's the citation. This, says Luke 23, 38, was written in Hebrew, Latin, and Greek. So that anybody passing by of the countries there would, would be able to read in their language. Pilate wrote what was the most insulting thing to the Jews. Because they didn't, they said, no, he's not our king. In fact, they said, hey, take that down. That's not right. And, and I like, <laughs> Pilate said, what is written is written. <laughs> we could be able to say that of the scripture, can't we? What is written is written and it's not going to change. <laughs> That's the, the word of God. But Pilate said that about this inscription. And I'm glad he did stand up to the Jews at least in this little regard. He didn't stand up. He, he, he found him not guilty. His, his wife had suffered many dreams that night and said, no, it shouldn't, you shouldn't have anything to do with that guiltless man. And, uh, but but he, he listened to the mob on, on that occasion 
But here he, he didn't listen to the crowd to say, take this inscription down. So what you'd need to do to get the, the, all of the inscription is not just given in, in this instance here. Look at the other Gospels and find all that was said there at this time. Now, this citation, is it correct? I think you've got to fill in, have you not, in your... Yes, at least you printed that up. Yep, a sh single sheet. Okay, back in front. There's quite a few verses. We won't be looking at them all. We'll be looking at a few as we go through. And I got another page full for Matthew in relation to this as, as the, the kingship of the Lord Jesus is developed in Matthew. Why in Matthew? Why not John? Why not Luke? Because Matthew was written to the Jews. And Jesus is the king of the Jews. Hear it loud. Hear it clear. He is king of the Jews, the nation of Israel. He is the perfect king and will be proven to be so in the future. And I don't think it's far away. <laughs> yes, it is correct. Christ is the king of the Jews. He could claim to be the last rightful claimant to the throne of David. In the Gospel of Matthew and the Gospel of Luke, there are, there's two genealogies given. Two separate royal lines run from David to Christ. In Matthew chapter 1, and we won't turn there because it goes all through the genealogy, and verses 1 to 17, is <clears throat> traced from Abraham to Joseph via Solomon. Three by 14 generations that you have them there. and mentions that in verse 17 of Matthew 1. Then you've got the Luke genealogy, of chapter 3 verse 23 to 38 are these these things are written there did i put them down um, <clears throat> that's from mary to adam now you, you're only listening here but the first one in matthew went from where from abraham this way then the, the next one in luke went from mary back back to where back to adam Back to Adam, the seed of the woman. Uh, Nathan, David, Bathsheba's son. Via Nathan, David, and Bathsheba's son. And uh, <clears throat> why is this? There's an accurate record to trace the king of the Jews. I don't, you're not going to leave tonight without knowing what this is about. The king of the Jews. <laughs> and that's important. Because if you deny this, you deny a multitude of scriptures. To say he's not the king. Some say it's never said that Christ is the king of Israel. And Israel is not the church. It is Israel. The nation Israel. And I very much clarify that tonight. And get it clear. And I never thought any different until I met folks that taught differently. And I was only about 12 at the time. And then when I preached my first sermon, Buddy asked me, how did your first sermon go when you preached back? How old were you when? Um, I, I said, I was about 20, I think, when I preached my first sermon. And I said, it was a terrible sermon. He said, so was mine. <laughs> and it was the whole book of Romans in one morning service. <laughs> but, I, but Brother Derek, you did much better. You did 20 minutes? At three points, wasn't it? In Westburn, in the church there, and his first sermon. What do you call that when you're called up without notice <laughs> to preach? We had that happen. We just bought Crystal Creek Camp, and Ernie Music was back 
I got the right man. Yeah. Ernie Music was back visiting for some reason. He was a principal when I was there. And he always said, you're always, always to be ready to give a sermon without notice. And so Mo Finger and I conspired on him. And it was a, one of those family days at camp where we had a few hundred people. And we went up to Brother Ernie and said, hey, listen, you're preaching in 10 minutes. And so we got our own back. On him, him telling us at Bible College that's what we needed to do. You said you need to be ready. <clears throat> anyway, um, the, the king of Israel, back to the book, we get on rabbit trails. If we don't read our Bible, well, we don't read our Bible and we don't understand our Bible if we say he is not king of Israel. And as I left off there, <laughs> All the time that I've been reading my Bible, Israel is Israel and the church is the church. Pretty simple. But then the confusion, well, no, no, the church now is Israel. No, no, it's not. Um, <clears throat> the king of Israel in the future. Let's go to Second Samuel chapter 7 and verses 4 to 18. This is the Davidic covenant and the king has to be of that lineage. <coughs> It's in Second Samuel, chapter seven, verse four. <clears throat> it came to pass in verse four that that night that the word of the Lord came unto Nathan, saying, "Go and tell my servant David, thus saith the Lord: Shalt thou build me a house for me to dwell in, <laughs> whereas I have not dwelt in any house since the time that I brought up the children." the children of Israel out of Egypt even to this day but they have, have walked in a tent and in a tabernacle and as you go through, go down through here you have, have here that the future king would come and this is a Davidic covenant that's given a promise to David and we haven't time to read it otherwise we'll be reading for a long time in verse 16 and thine house and thy kingdom shall be established for ever before thee unconditional covenant there always would be someone to sit on the throne of David as a king and established forever thy throne shall be established forever notice that there <clears throat> when questioned once about this I'd just been reading through Jeremiah you know that Jesus has never said to be king we as Christians just believe what we believe and until we're challenged about it then you have to sit up and, uh, um, um, <laughs> and you should be able to come up with the verses the thoughts and I've just just been reading in Jeremiah let's go to that one in chapter 23 and I, I knew it was there because it sort of stood out to me at the time it was only a few days earlier and I was asked the question I knew he was king but uh, the more I've, and as I've been reading through the Bible, I've just been jotting these notes down that you have on your page there as I read through. And there in verse 3, we read, And I'll gather the remnant of my flock out of all the countries which I have driven them. So who, when did they get driven out? When did Israel get driven out of the land? The Assyrians, the ten northern tribes, and the Babylonians, the two southern tribes, drove them out. 586 BC was when the Babylonians drove Judah and Benjamin out. And uh, I will gather them from the countries and will bring them again to, 
to their folds and they shall be fruitful in increase and I will set up, a sh- up shepherds over them who shall feed them and they shall n- fear no more nor be dismayed neither shall they be lacking saith the Lord now since they have come back they've been under other governments Gentile governments they haven't come to the point where this it, this, this is talking about that's history you can show that from history so this is yet future Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will raise unto David a righteous branch, and a king shall reign and prosper, and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. Has that ever happened? The judgment and justice throughout the earth from a king? No one. There'll be a lot of dictators that'd like to say they have, but they have not. It's been their judgment and justice and not the righteous king in his day in this his days judah shall be saved and israel that's all the 12 tribes shall dwell safely and for those that say the church is israel are you of judah which tribe do you belong to <laughs> of they are one of the t- 10 tribes they can't they can't give that answer and this is his name whereby he shall be called who is it the lord our righteousness that's the king the lord our right who's that jesus christ there is none other is is just capitalized in your bible yep and romans 4 says he is our righteousness imputed righteousness and he is our righteousness given to us from him for nothing and he takes our sin was this inscription correct king of the jews very Correct. It's scriptural. It's Jeremiah said so. Um, In Jeremiah chapter 30, if you go a little bit further, just a few chapters along, 30 and verse 9. But they shall serve the Lord their God and David their king, whom I will raise up unto them. They, Israel, the nation shall serve the Lord their God and David their king he's dead but what will happen he will be raised up unto them so if you're getting a picture here that Jesus is king but David is king co-reigning over Israel in the future David hasn't been well some say he has all the Old Testament saints have been raised but David is not been, has not been the king since he left and since he died and he will be reigning over them co-regent with the Lord let's turn to Hosea chapter 3 and verses 4 and 5 and you see right through the Bible the mentions of the king the Lord Jesus Christ first of the minor prophets is Hosea chapter 3 and verses 4 and 5 where we read this for the children of Israel shall abide many days without a king and without a prince and without a sacrifice and without an image and without an ephod and without a teraphim. In other words, the kingdom's done. (laughs) Afterward shall the children of Israel return and seek the Lord their God and David their king and shall fear the Lord and his goodness in the latter days. In the latter days. And so until that day, they will be scattered and then they'll be brought back and there will be a king over them. Not a prime minister, not Benjamin Netanyahu. <laughs> there will be a king over them. 
and David will be involved in this kingship at the time. Micah chapter 5 and verse 2. Micah 5, 2. But thou, Bethlehem, Ephrata, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall come forth unto me, that is to be the ruler in Israel. Now, who was born at Bethlehem? The Lord Jesus in Ephrata. And from that little place shall come forth he that shall be ruler, king in Israel, whose goings forth have been from old, from everlasting. Who's that? Who has, who has lived forever? Forever, the Lord Jesus, he is God, second person of the Trinity, and he will be the one that will be ruler in Israel. From old, from everlasting, he has been. Yeah, Don't be so literal, Pastor. No, <laughs> it's a Bible and it says it like it is. I just believe it like it is. Um, no, it just says it and I don't have to believe it for it to be true, do I? It's true. <laughs> Amos, chapter 9 and verse 11. We're going back now. Amos chapter 9 and verse 11. In that day will, will I raise up, unto the, raise up the tabernacle of David that is fallen down and close up the breaches of it and I will raise up its ruins and I will build it as in the days of old. The tabernacle of David. It's not talking about the tabernacle that they did the worship in. It's talking about the kingship and the rulership of Israel, and raise up its ruins. Has it been built again? David's tomb. Who's been to Israel? You visit David's tomb? Down the south end of the old city, just inside the wall. As far as my recollection, recollection is, recollection, <laughs> recollection, <laughs> is concerned, it's just in there, and we went and visited it, and you couldn't go in there without a skull cap. I'm glad to put one on, go in, and <laughs> meant nothing to me. But you go in and, and have a look, and the, and the people still respect the place. But is he still there? Well, I don't know if his bones are there. I believe more that the resurrection of the Old Testament saints will be the end of the tribulation, and that <clears throat> he will build again the house as in days of old. Oh, it's going to be interesting when it happens. It hasn't happened. God said, God said it, it's going to happen. <laughs> it will be built again, raised up again. Zechariah, and there's a few in Zechariah that hopefully I've put them down there for you. In Zechariah chapter 8 and verse 20, we read this. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, it shall yet come to pass and there shall come peoples and the inhabitants of many cities and the inhabitants of one city shall go to another saying let us go speedily to pray before the Lord L-O-R-D capital and to seek the Lord of hosts I will, I will go also yea many peoples and strong nations shall come to seek the Lord of hosts where? in Jerusalem has this happened? has it ever happened in history? no it's going to happen in Jerusalem. Strong nations, leaders of nations will come to worship the Lord and to pray before the Lord. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, in those days it shall come to pass that ten men shall take hold out of all languages of the nations, even shall take hold of the skirts of him that is a Jew, saying, We will go with you. 
For we have heard that God is with you. <laughs> you like a Jew or don't like a Jew? Doesn't matter. <laughs> In that day when he's king and he's at Jerusalem, he's reigning from that place, and the, yeah, the, the, there will be a central government and it will be from Jerusalem. It won't be from Brussels. It won't be from the United Nations. Is it New York? Yeah, it's in New York. Uh, it won't be from there. It will be from, and powerful nations and many peoples will come to, we've heard, please, will you take us to Jerusalem? Please, will you take us around for a tour of Jerusalem to meet the king in that day? And who is, who is the king of glory? It puts that in the Psalms, doesn't it? The Lord, strong and mighty. It's the Lord. Um, <clears throat> the people of the nations. Let's go to chapter 14 of Zechariah, verses 2 and 4. The Lord said, Here I will gather all nations against Jerusalem, Jerusalem to battle, and the city shall be taken, the houses rifled, the women ravished, and half of the city shall go forth into captivity, and the residue of the people shall not be cut off from the city. And all this is literally going to happen. Has it, uh, again, has this happened? No, it hasn't. This is prophecy yet to be fulfilled. Then shall the Lord go forth and fight against those nations, and when, when he fought in the day of battle, and his feet shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives, which is before Jerusalem on the east, and on the Mount of Olives shall cleave in the midst. Has it happened? No, it's still all stuck together. Mount of Olives. Huh. Uh, toward the east and toward the west. And there, there shall be a very great valley. A half of its mountain shall move toward the north and half of it toward the south. I'm glad that last part of the verse was there because the first part doesn't give you the picture. But it cleaves that way and... It, Big valley opens up from Jerusalem down toward the Dead Sea. And you shall flee to the valley of the mountains. Um, <clears throat> so Zechariah 2 and 4, all the nations are gathered against Jerusalem and the Lord comes to save the, the people and the city. And this happens at that time. For, for, um, 14 and verse 5. And you shall flee into the valley of the mountains for the valley of the mountains shall reach unto Azel Yea, ye shall flee, and as ye fled from before the earthquake in the days of Uzziah, the king of Judah, <clears throat> and the Lord my God shall come, and all the saints with thee. Here's the Lord coming from heaven, the Lord Jesus coming from heaven. And who's with him? How did they get there? They've already been taken there. They come with him. If they're coming with him, they've gone to be with him already. Get the picture. <laughs> clear, logical, literal, <laughs> as you read the scriptures. Ah, when the Lord comes, things are going to change. <laughs> he has power to do it. Chapter 14 and verse 9. And the Lord shall be, when this all happens, the Lord Jesus Christ, doesn't say that, but we know who it's speaking about, shall be king over what? Now that is as plain a statement as you can get. In that day shall there be one Lord and his name one. No Buddha, no Allah, none of these gods. There is one. The Lord God and his son, the King, the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, we've got grounds to stand on when we say there will be a kingdom. Because as a king, there's got to be a kingdom, doesn't there? And that's what Matthew is all about, the king. And it tells us. And, and, and Pilate put this inscription, Jesus, the King of the Jews. And um, 
that was there for all to read in Latin, Hebrew and Greek. Verse 16 and 17 of Zechariah 14. There's a lot in this one, in this chapter. And it shall come to pass that every one that is left of all the nations, left from what? You read earlier and it's the earth is decimated during the, the last day's tribulation, the time of Jacob's trouble. That's what Zechariah has been talking earlier about. That everyone is left of all the nations and there's not going to be a whole lot of people. Or seven billion, if that's where it started at, at least half of them have gone in two judgments, let alone all the other judgments, 21 judgments. And all the, the death and destruction, the famine that comes at that time, which come against Jerusalem shall go up even from year to year to worship who? We've already read this in another prophet, haven't we? To worship the king, the Lord of hosts, and to keep the feast of the tabernacles. And it shall be that whoever will not come up of all the families of the earth unto Jerusalem, literal Jerusalem, to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, even upon them shall be no rain. Has this happened? No. It's prophecy. It's yet to happen. When the Lord is king there in Jerusalem. Go back to Zechariah chapter 9 and verse 9. Rejoice. This is one we know from Christmas times readings. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding upon an ass and upon a colt, the foal of an ass. Is Jesus king of the Jews? What did that verse say? <laughs> that, this is, this is happened, hasn't he? He rode into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, riding that ass, and there were great cries from the crowd, Hosanna, Hosanna. Rejoice greatly, and shout, your kings come unto thee. Who is, the king, who is the king of glory? The Lord Jesus. The Lord Jesus. Psalm chapter 2. Go back to Psalm chapter 2 and verses 6 and 11. You see, the Bible is got it everywhere. <laughs> As I've said to some, I'm willing to die for this. This is, this is truth. The whole truth and nothing but the truth is the Bible. Chapter 2, verse 6. Yet I have set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. I will declare the decree the Lord has said unto me, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. Who do we know that is talking about? The Lord Jesus. Ask of me and it shall be, I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance. Who is he going to be king over? Jerusalem, but all the world. The uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession, Siberia and Australia <laughs> and Antarctica, <laughs> if you want to go further, further, further away. Thou shalt break them with a rod of iron. Thou shalt dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. You will obey. King, you will obey. Be wise now, therefore, O ye kings. Be instructed, ye judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear. Rejoice with trembling. What is it? Humbly bow before the king of glory. He is the king. He is the one spoken of in Psalm 2, the Lord Jesus Christ. This inscription is true. Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2. This is where we get into the New Testament and... <coughs> Their time's up. <laughs> we'll look at this one. 
verses 1 and following here. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, what? Where is he that is capital K, king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. <clears throat> when Herod the king had heard these things, little K, Herod, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. Why? There's opposition in town. There's another king. Who's this king? I'm troubled about this, he said. When he had gathered all the chief priests and the scribes and the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And this is the amazing thing. They read what we've already read in one of the minor prophets, and they said unto him in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet. <coughs> they gave the answer, but they didn't believe their answer, did they? Where's the king going to be born? That's where he's going to be born. And we know what he did. He went and killed every, all the babies, what, two years and under, there to get the king, to stop the king. Huh. He's fighting against God. Hey, old Gamaliel was right again. Be careful if you be found to fight against the Lord, even to the people that he had taught, um, the, the things he had taught. And <clears throat> be careful that you don't be found fighting against the word and the, and the Lord and the King of Israel in trying to change what the Bible clearly states in about a half of the references that we've got to look at. Who is the King? Is he your, is he your Saviour? King of the Jews. He's the head of the body, as it as it depicts that in, in the book of Ephesians, the head of the body, the church. He is the bridegroom for the church. And so these truths, let's take to heart. And from this point, I was going off from what our notes are into the things from the book of Matthew. And just to see, and Lord willing, we'll do that when when time when we get the evening service again in Matthew Jesus sent his disciples out in Matthew 4:17 no he said to the disciples before he sent them out the kingdom is at hand the king is here on the king the kingdom is at hand what happened that's 2000 years ago they crucified the king they thought, the devil thought, we'll, we'll do away with the king. I'll be the king of the world. <laughs> and he's, he's trying his hardest to do so. But he's fighting a losing battle. And he can hear us. He's dead wrong. And he's going to suffer for eternity. And may it be upon his head. And no mercy for him. For all the evil that he's caused. Praise God in the name of the Lord and his word. We can say that because it is written. It is written. And what's written is written. And it's not going to change. Praise the Lord for the king. Is he your saviour today? Lord of the church. You need to make him your saviour if you haven't trusted him already. Because he's coming in power and great glory. Can you from your mind tell me where that clearly states that he's coming 
as a glorious king. We touched near near it tonight in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 24, and the book of Revelation, chapter 19. Be able to go there and say, there, look, see, he's coming with the saints <laughs> from, from glory. As we, yeah, We're looking at that tonight as well. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for the rain that we hear there, Lord. May it be a blessing to the saved and the unsaved. You send it on the just and the unjust. And Lord, we are short on it. And thank you for all that has come. We thank you for that you are the king of the Jews. You have said you will come and be their king again. And that all nations will come and worship before you and take hold of a skirt of a Jew to say, please take us there. I pray, Lord, that we would be taken to the Lord Jesus at the foot of the cross and our burden, like pilgrims, might fall off as we confess that we're sinners and need you for salvation. And what a wonderful time to come back with you to see the, the grand victory, final battle, putting the enemy down and installing the king. What a grand day it will be in the installation of the king of kings to his rightful throne in this world and what a change it will bring. Lord, all these things are in anticipation written in prophecy but they will be reality one day and we'll live through them to see them happen. What a blessing. As mere mortals brought into time and, and, and living for eternity to be with the Lord Jesus. We ask and pray your blessing on us as we part now in Jesus' name. Amen.